Hello, Brad here. Just to say we're super proud that the Friday 5pm podcast is sponsored by the Malt Miller, the UK's best home brew store. We use the Malt Miller for all of our homebrew experiments, as well as tapping them up for advice and binging on their awesome YouTube channel all the time. That's why whenever we release a homebrew video, we put a recipe kit live on the Malt Miller, so you can brew with the exact same amazing ingredients that we did. The same ingredients used by pro brewers. So alongside the Malt Miller's nitro-flushed hops, cold-stored yeast and milled-to-order malts, you can pick up recipe kits for our Five Points Best Bitter, Russian River West Coast IPA, and now the fastest beer in the world, a hazy session IPA that goes from grain to glass in less than 48 hours. Sign up to their newsletter at tinyurl.com forward slash maltmiller to get 5% off your first order. With the Malt Miller's amazing customer service and Johnny's 48-hour recipe, you could order the ingredients on a Monday and be drinking the beer by the weekend. Speaking of which, it's Friday. It's 5pm. So enjoy this week's Friday 5pm podcast. Hey Beer Geeks and welcome to a very unusual episode of the Friday 5pm. Unusual in lots of ways. Chiefly, there is no Brad due to a, even for Brad, remarkable combination of his birthday, a car breaking down at the airport and a very last minute trip to Amsterdam. But I am still here, which leads me to the other unusual thing, which is that here for me today is in a box room, a single bed mostly i think mdf walled hotel room and out of my window which i'm looking at right now i can see a husky going for a walk i can see somebody with a <laughs> with a rifle um there's a gas line that goes no more than 5 meters away straight past my room window um and then about two, three hundred meters in the distance is a giant snow-covered, what looks like gravel mountain, but is in fact one of the Spitzbergen, that is pointy mountain, of Svalbard. For those that do not know, Svalbard is an archipelago, uh, ju- well, I say just north, about a thousand kilometers north of Norway. It is one of the most northern places you can go without walking on ice rather than land. And I am in Longyearbyen, which is the northernmost town in the world. It's not the most northern place that you can live permanently, but it is the northernmost place with over a thousand people that is a recognised town. It's tiny. The, the the gas pipes go over the land because the land is too frozen to dig into to lay the pipes. Um, and it's a town of about... Well, Svalbard has about 2,600 people on it. It's got more polar bears than people. Um, but I'm here researching my next book, which if you don't know, if you haven't heard me waffle on about it enough already, is all about how beer has changed the world and indeed built it in the first place. And I am here researching a chapter on community. So on why beer is so important to communities that already exist, how it helped found them in the first place. Um, And for that, I thought the absolute best way to tell that story was to come to somewhere incredibly remote. So I am 1,300 kilometers short of the North Pole. Um, But that has not only quite a few bars and restaurants, but also a brewery. A craft brewery called Svalbard Brewery, 
they make fantastic, uh, I guess you could call them restrained, refined versions of, of modern beers. There's a beautiful Pilsner. There's a great American Pale Ale, really good West Coast IPA. There's a New England IPA, which in the story of every brewery that's ever existed and not love New England IPA in that they is that they, they brewed one and it was so popular they had to keep brewing it. Uh, and also an amazing stout and lots of barrel-aged beers. Uh, the beers are actually, they're bourbon barrel-aged and they're barrel-aged in the mine in which the owner of the brewery used to work. That's a story. Um, and I haven't tried those yet. That's kind of my plan for this evening after dinner, which I'm having in the hotel, which has a great restaurant. Um, I'm having a, a, a dinner that's all using meat that's been caught on the islands uh, within Svalbard. Um, and then, yeah, I'm going to see if I can have a little can slash bottle share with some of the locals. Um, so, yeah, so I'm here researching this book and having adventures. So tomorrow I'm also doing a husky ride. I'm uh, doing a, a, a driven and walking tour, a photography tour, which I might do some photography, but mostly I'll be doing some video to ensure that the Craft Beer Channel episode, which I'm also making while I'm up here, looks as beautiful as possible. Beautiful is possibly the wrong word for Svalbard and for Longyear Bay, and it's it's stark and uh, kind of foreboding, immutable, wild. Um, the 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 roads are mostly tarmacked around here, where the pedestrians walk is not. Um, it feels. You know, I mean, it is a permanent settlement. It feels occasionally a little bit temporary, but in a glorious way. You know, I've never been somewhere... You know, I've been to lots of wild places, but I've never been somewhere where the town itself still feels quite wild. And you, you'll see it and hopefully feel it in the documentary that I that I put together off the back of this because it's the most unique feeling. Everywhere that you walk into... And I said this in a piece to camera just now when I was walking back to the hotel... Everywhere feels like a refuge, you know. The weather is so extreme at this time of year and will be right up until um, probably until April, May time. Um, that everywhere you go into is kind of a relief. Um, you have to take your shoes off wherever you go in. So everyone's walking around in socks or in little crocs or whatever it is that they, they want to carry around because you're bringing so much... Well, the, the history is you, the miners would have been bringing in coal, but you'd also bring in so much snow that would then melt and all that kind of stuff. It's it's properly wild out there, um, which creates just this, this utterly unique feeling. But what you do have when you go into these places is wonderful, warm places. There's animal pelts, there's leather, there's uh, cushions, but then also it's, it's mostly sort of benches that you sit on. Um, I spent part of last night in the kind of like the social hub of the town, a beer called, uh, sorry, a beer, good lord, uh, a, a pub uh, called the Carlsberger Bar, or Carlsberger Pub, sorry, that was it's it was founded by a Danish Danish guy and and has served Carlsberg since the start. It has to be spelt with a K because Carlsberg would not be happy with the official the official name being used. Um, where I drank lots of the local breweries, Svalbard Brewery, uh, a couple of their beautiful stout. It's really, really good. Uh, and their pills are very, very good as well. Uses Finnish malt from Viking and then German methods, uh, German hops. Um, I think the brewmaster at Svalbard Brewery, we'll, we'll get to them, um, is German. Um, so I was there for a couple of pints and I interviewed the uh, the bar manager there about his time in Svalbard, about the bar, which is the most 
incredible place that has an amazing whiskey and brandy collection is beautifully decked out all around the walls are photos of miners some of whom still working some of whom are retired some of whom still drink in the bar it's very very much geared at remembering the miners that have worked here for a long time you know that that was the heart of the town and that's slowly disappearing as mining stops up here it's only really the russians that are still mining on svalbard um the norwegians are leaving the coal deposits where they are and turning towards sustainability and and uh more sus- less <laughs> more permanent forms of energy um so i was there for a long time great bar and then i went to a place called crow which is one of the older restaurants in town and i've i've if you could imagine like what a bar at the end of the earth by the north pole would look like it was that it was all beautiful oak furniture um pelts and leathers in fact the menu was written on on a leather pelt that was sort of stretched across the wall um it just it felt partly viking but also incredibly modern I'm not going to use the H word that the Danes and the Norwegians probably wish had never been coined, but it's incredibly cosy and comforting to come in from the snow. And it's snowed most of the time that I've been here, but not like the snow that I know in the UK, which sort of melts the moment it hits you. It's like ice. It's basically slow moving hail that you get in Svalbard. Um, And it was just the most beautiful place to spend an evening. I got chatting to a guy called Ola where I sat at the bar, who was telling me a lot of the history, a lot of the politics that are involved around here with the, you know, the, the Russian mining corps being not far away. Um, and had uh, clipfish, which is clifffish, which is dried salted cod, which used to be dried on, on stone, on cliffs by the sea. Uh, don't, I don't know whether that's the case now. Probably not. It's probably been commercialised and industrialised to some extent. Um, but basically delicious uh, salted uh, cod, which I had with mash and bacon and baked vegetables. It was incredible, along with a vice beer uh, from Svalbard Brewery. Um, and then today I visited the brewery. This morning I went down at 10 a.m. It was only a 15-minute walk, but it seemed to last forever. It was minus five with a wind chill factor that would have got a lot, got it a lot lower. Um, and uh, interviewed Robert, the founder, who's a former miner, um, as I said, uh, about why he started a brewery, the challenges. It took him five years to get the licensing because alcohol is heavily restricted in Norway, but even more so in Svalbard. Um, it was once an almost exclusively male company town, purely just miners there. Drinking was a real issue. Um, even when they rationed it, you could still have two, was it two litres of hard liquor and a case of beer a month, which you know sounds like a hell of a lot uh, to me. But if you were a miner with not a lot else to do, particularly years and years ago when traveling out into the wilderness was much more tricky. We didn't have the clothing, the technology, the schema bills, all that kind of stuff. So you were more town-based. All you'd have been able to do really is drink. And I think that's what they did and why it was restricted. And it took him a long time to undo those knots that were put into the laws. Um, But now he has a fantastic brewery that um, sends a lot of beer to Norway. And soon, uh, in a couple of months' time, we'll be sending it to mainland Europe as well. Uh, Because Fildbard is not technically... It's it's in the kingdom of Norway, but it is not technically part of Norway, so it's not part of the uh, Schengen Agreement or any kind of sort of European um, economic uh, structure. So they have they've had to set up a company in Germany to import it and all all kinds of stuff. Um, that that that's just sort of the economic logistics, the physical logistics of getting ingredients this far up, of getting beer back down there, of um, 
dealing with the waste materials. I'm not going to spoil it, but they use all of their spent malt to heat up uh, their hot liquor tank. They don't need a cold liquor tank because the water out of the tap is so incredibly cold here. Um, but it's an amazing story. Loads of stories that we've never told on the Craft Beer channel, which we're always looking for and gets increasingly hard as we edge towards 1,000 videos on YouTube. Um, so I'm very excited for you to see this one. And I've tried to give a real indication of what life is actually like on Svalbard because it's also in some ways very similar you can have ramen and sushi there's they <laughs> a Mexican place has just opened um so in that regard it's very similar there's fast wi-fi there's contact contactless payments but in other ways it's very very different the way that you spend your free time the times that you have free time are very different obviously for nearly four months of the year it's entirely dark unless the moon's really bright and then for a similar amount of time it the sun never sets so rhythms are very different here um, and therefore what you can and can't do with your time is, is so much more reliant on, on nature and on the climate and literally on the, the tilt of the earth on its axis. Um, so this has just been the most incredible adventure I've ever been on. I haven't even left town yet. I'm doing that tomorrow. So the adventure hasn't really begun unless you count the nightmare I had getting here it's actually only two flights from london one to oslo and one from oslo to to long year by end but uh due to the train strikes on wednesday i had to get a taxi from my home to gatwick which would have cost or did cost 150 pounds but then we got stuck because of a crash so i missed my flight and had to book a new one it's been a whole thing that just kind of added to the anxiety of going somewhere so remote and unusual where i didn't really know what to expect what I should have expected, Norway is a very welcoming place and people have been wonderful. So while the, the weather and the environment feels inhospitable, the people, as always, have been incredibly welcoming. Um, and I heartily recommend, if you're a lover of cold weather, huskies, beer and beer food, uh, Svalbard is a great break and not as hard to get to as you might possibly imagine. Um so yeah, that this is just sort of a quick update of what we've been up to. I know we missed last week's podcast, so I was keen to put something live this week, let you know what I've been up to, hint at what Brad's been up to. He always tells those stories best. Um, but yeah, there'll be loads more information uh, and stories from Svalbard to come, obviously in my book, obviously in the documentary, and hopefully in the podcast um, next week. Brad is keen to put another podcast out on Monday. We'll see if we can find time, because what I don't want to do, I want to do this trip justice, and I also want to do our uh, Verdant video justice without crowding next week's video. Um, which could be one of two things. It depends how the edit goes on my flight home. Um, but we've got two options, um, and I want to make sure that whatever happens, we get to talk about them as much as both of them really deserve. So there might be another podcast on Monday. There'll definitely be one next Friday, and there will be videos. It's going to be a slightly chaotic time on CBC, both podcast and video-wise, because I'm getting closer and closer towards my book deadline. Um, and I'm doing lots of trips, lots of research, um, and obviously writing a hell of a lot. So there are going to be dropped videos, there are going to be dropped podcasts every now and then, and we'll try and keep you abreast of that so that, uh, as even this week, we had people messaging going, Where, where's the podcast? Is it happening? It's My Friday doesn't quite feel right, and my Friday doesn't quite feel right when we don't do it, hence why I'm doing this. Um, so we'll try and let you know if we're going to be missing anything or if anything's going to be released at a different time, uh, which is another option. But I've got to knuckle down and get this get this book done. 
or else I'm in real, real trouble. But I mean, one thing about coming to a place as remote as this, where the bars don't open until later, is I've done a lot of writing. Um, and the incredible hotel in which I'm staying is called Marianne's Polar Rig. Give it a Google. It feels like um, maybe what hotels will look like after the apocalypse. Um, or maybe if you remember the first series of True Detective, where they found the murderer, finally. Somewhere between those two. Um, it's it's a beautiful, characterful place, but it has a slight, slight redneck murder vibe, which I very much enjoy, and I bet Brad would, if he were here, would have absolutely loved this place. Um, so I spend lots of time here as well in the mornings, drinking, drinking strong coffee. Uh, the Norwegians apparently the second biggest drinkers of coffee in the world, or possibly Europe. Um, so lots of coffee, lots and lots of writing. It's been very, very productive, and I'm feeling a little bit less nervous about my book deadline um, after the last couple of days because I mean, anybody that writes or does anything creative for a living will know that you have to be in the right frame of mind, possibly in the right place, and you have to have the right research done for you to sit down and write something. So that's been really tough with everything that's been going on with the festival that we were putting on, with the brews and the videos we were putting together, and with you know life always finds a way to get in the way. So um, this has been a little bit of a writer's retreat, which is not something I thought I'd ever do. I always thought that was nonsense that was put into films to set up some kind of plot, but it does seem to work. You can sit at a window watching the snowfall, drinking coffee next to a stuffed polar bear and actually get some work done. So fair play uh, to, uh, to to screenwriters. Um Anyway, that's all I've got time uh, to say. I've got to get ready for dinner, maybe do a bit more writing um, and and transfer all of the incredible footage that I've, I've caught today. Lots of slow-mo of snow on mountains and... Um, well, no, it's mostly it's mostly that apart from what I've done in the brewery. So uh, if you like slow-mo and you like snow, it's going to be a good video coming up in a couple of weeks as well. So, yeah, there might be a podcast on Monday. I'm not going to promise anything, but there definitely will be one next Friday. And there is an upload next week. All I can say is humble apologies. Um, and Brad, I'm sure, will give you the story of a lifetime as to why you <laughs> can join me uh today one of which being the brilliant reason of it being his birthday so if you do have a drink while you're listening to this or later today raise a glass to brad say happy birthday um and think of me in the arctic eating presumably reindeer and seal um and trying desperately to keep warm with some barrel aged stouts uh i'll see you next week i'll speak to you next week but until then love and beer Bubble and Friday 5pm podcasts are brought to you by the nerds behind YouTube's Craft Beer channel. You can watch over 400 mini documentaries at youtube.com slash channel. and if you love what we do, support us via Patreon and get access to merchandise and our amazing Discord forum, a positive and welcoming space for everyone who loves beer, food and homebrewing. Love and beer! Yeah.